This is Evermore Poe, the turbulent youth of Edgar Allan Poe. Chapter 26 In a few short years, the boys of Clark's had gone from strangers and children to classmates and brothers. To those heading off to college, the future of the academy didn't matter at all. But to others like Eddie, their collegiate futures hung in the balance. That afternoon, the majority of the student body paraded to the no longer secret spot along the James and commenced inebriation. Two hours later, the group stumbled in all manner of directions. Eddie and Tom Ellis were walking back to town when they heard an unexpected bell toll. Eddie double-checked his pocket watch. That's strange. The bell shouldn't be ringing. My watch says 422. It's not for the time, said Tom. It's a death bell. Someone died. How do you know that? You can tell by the intervals. Listen. The chimes came again, slow, steady, somber. After experiencing so much loss in his own young life, Eddie wondered how many times he had heard the bell toll and never realized its dark message. Tom and Eddie entered a bookstore. They rifled through new releases from Byron, Shelley, and Cooper. Hey, Poe, look at this. Tom held out a book called Confessions of an English Opium Eater. What about it? Eddie asked. Want to try it? My brother has some. Your brother has a book? So what? No, you nimrod. He has opium. Opium, Eddie said. Shh! Tom stammered angrily. Eddie rolled his eyes and whispered, I don't know, Tom. That stuff is supposed to be so addictive. Scared? I'm not scared of anything, Eddie said. A stare-off commenced, broken only by Eddie. All right, fine. When? Right now, said Tom, beginning to exit the shop. Eddie slapped the book closed on the table and followed his friend outside. They walked a half block before Tom stopped and looked around covertly. Wait here. I'll just be a moment. Tom slipped down the alleyway and through the back door of an office building. A moment later, he came back holding a small silver box. Here it is, he said out of breath. You sure about this? Eddie imagined his real father, David Poe Jr., lying dead in a gutter from a similar addiction. What are you, scared? I told you I'm not. Eddie grabbed the box out of Tom's hand and looked inside. What looked like small bits of tobacco were set in a milky substance, the peculiar smell burned his nose. The boys went further down the alley and leaned against the side of a shack. Tom looked back down both ways to make sure the coast was clear. Right, so here's how you do it. Tom reached into the box. You've done this before? Maybe, Tom smirked. Following his lead, Eddie reached in and grabbed a pinch larger than he would have liked. It was gummy and pliable and reminded him of beeswax. Come on, Tom goaded. Do it! Tom wiped the spittle dripping down from his chin. Eddie placed the ball of gum in his mouth, and a bitter taste took over his senses. This was awful. Even whiskey had a sweetness to it. Tom smiled and pointed, <laughs> You should see your face. It's all down your chin. You look like Guy Fox. Eddie started laughing. Well, you look like the bearded lady of Bavaria. The two boys couldn't stop laughing at each other. Finally, Eddie found enough composure to say, What's the big deal? I don't feel anything. Just wait promised Tom. It'll hit you yet. Eddie massaged his gums with his tongue, but he was too impatient. He spit the glob out on the ground. This is stupid. I'm going home. It's not stupid, Tom said. Just wait a few more minutes. You wait a few more minutes. 
I have things to do. Eddie waved his hand, leaving Tom in his dust. He was already too far down the alley to hear Tom's retort. Turning onto the market square, Eddie made his way home. The area was mostly quiet now, with the last of the shopkeepers locking up for the day. Otherwise, the area was abandoned. So the sound of someone hot on his heels was startling. Eddie stopped and looked back at the empty street. There was no one there. Thinking nothing of it, he began to walk again. The bold and fragrant smell of gardenias crossed his nose. Pleasant, but odd for this part of the city. Eddie loved the smell of gardenias. They reminded him of his real mother, Eliza, who had always kept a small plant in her dressing room. He looked for the source so as to take a blossom home, but there was nothing to be seen. In fact, there was not a person, not a mule, not a single living thing, save for the weeds sticking out from the cobblestones of Bird Street. Eddie turned for home once more, but this time, a whisk of pink caught his peripheral vision. A lady's scarf caught in the wind. It was clear this time. He was not alone. Eddie clenched his fist, ready to punch whomever was messing with him, and looked around again. That's when he spotted his dead mother. There she stood, plain as day, in a second-story window across the street. Eddie froze. They stared at one another for a time, the long-dead actress and her lost and awestruck son. Eddie, she called from her perch. He blinked for a better look, but she was gone. Eddie, she said again, only this time her sweet voice was impossibly close, no further than ten feet or so. Eddie, she sang. Her laugh trailed in the wind. She, it, was mocking him. He wandered into the street to have a better look. Where are you, he said aloud. I can hear you. On your left, came the reply, loud, clear, and practically on top of him. Watch out, the voice bellowed again. The passing wagon skimmed his shoulder. An inch or more, and Eddie would have been mowed down in the street. Christ's sake, kid. Gonna get yourself killed. A wave of nausea came over him. Eddie sat on the wooden plank of the sidewalk to catch his breath and watched a whirl of dust spin into the ether. It's just the opium, he told himself. But for a boy now well-versed in dark magic, deep inside, he knew better. Evermore Poe is the historical account of a teenaged Edgar Allan Poe. If you'd like to learn more about Eddie's devolution to become the master of the macabre, please don't forget to follow and share this podcast. Evermore Poe was researched, written, produced, and edited by yours truly, journalist Chris Kosach. I began my research more than a decade ago using vetted journalistic methods with corroborated fact-checking from respected sources including the Library of Congress, periodicals obtained from multiple Poe museums, notable scholars, and the National Archives, among other collections, strung together in a narrative style. In other words, my story is mostly true. Our music today is from Esther Abrami. It should be noted that some of the characters in Evermore Poe are composites of real people, including servants and slaves who lived in the Allen home at the time of our story. Please note, while Evermore Poe is based on fact, it should not be confused with the historic record. For that, I hope you will go down your own rabbit hole to research one of the most thrilling American authors of all time. Our story continues again next time on Evermore Poe. Until then, I'm Chris Kosach. Thank you for listening.